Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. And welcome back to Why Though. We are so pumped. You are joining us for this Pray Tell series. You know, we know this is not a stocking stuffer uh, topic, but um, it is one. I rebuke you. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, and you, could you imagine? You're like, oh, what is this? New underwear, new socks. No, we're going to talk about the abuse of power at a woman's expense. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Along with your orange. Did you get oranges in your stocking? I got oranges. No, what? Orange Did slices? Get, the candy no, ones? girl. No, like a full freaking orange like wait what you didn't get oranges in your stockings is that not a thing for you what'd you get in your stocking candy little toys that look like they came out of a mcdonald's happy meal gift cards lifesaver storybooks oh lifesavers yep lifesavers (laughs) you know what i kind of want some lifesavers i don't even know where to buy those anymore i don't see them on the end caps so or the checkout line okay today good people of the itunes spotify Google Play, if you know the 19% of you who use Google Play, <laughs> we have something so exciting to share with you. It is a guest, it is a mentor in the faith for both Ashley and I, a woman of truth and dignity and power and grace and vision, vision for the yeah. church, vision for women in general. And so I am so excited to introduce to you this morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever you may be in your work and play. Belinda Bowman. Belinda, say hi to the good people. Oh, hey, my sisters. It is so good to hear your voice. And it's so good to talk to your people. Your people are my people. That's awesome. Yes. They They are are. your people. They are. (laughs) Belinda, tell the good people a little bit about yourself. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Every time I attempt to do this, even after myriads of podcasts and stage talking and all the things, I realize that I occupy uh, all the space and none of the space all at once. So, <laughs> I, mm. I, so many different places. Um, I am an author and an educator, and I recently just added this new title that is so exciting um, and I feel like represents me far better than. Um, some of the other places that I sit, and that is a gender and development specialist, which uh, credentialing mm. that I received through the UN. Um, super excited to be the mom of Joshua and Caleb. I love my husband, Stephen, and I am a full-fledged, oh my gosh, Midwestern Michigander. I live in the Mich- Mitten. Um, <laughs> just and we are literally I love that so much. staring down a snowstorm next week, right? So mm. you know, just all all the good thoughts coming our way to the Midwest, please, all of them. Um, as we dig out, uh, I am also the uh, co-founder of a movement called Silence Is Not Spiritual. Uh, which addresses um, abuses and silencing of women in the church. And so when you say a mentor Mm. in the faith, you two, 
the mutuality is flowing. Tiffany, your book has been such oxygen in the room for me. All the conversations that Hmm. went stagnant and stifled and quiet. Thank you for lighting the fire. Thank you for breathing oxygen. Hmm. God bless you. And I am the executive director of an international organization called One Million Thumbprints that... um, Our primary reason we exist is to catalyze voice for women peacemakers who live in some of the most protracted conflict zones on the planet. So, Hmm. see, I'm weird. I'm so weird. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Totally. I'm like, I like how she casual drops. Like I've been trained by the UN and I work in conflict (laughs) zones. I'm an author. You guys like Belinda is the real deal and I always I don't know about you guys who are listening but I crave so deeply mothers in the faith and Mm. I crave knowing about them learning about them understanding how they think what they've had to go through and I think about you Belinda you are one of those women that I think to myself this is a faithful woman and not like you have a very public platform a very global platform but at the same time you are so faithful in your daily life and in your daily work and that is what has produced this beautiful harvest through you and I honor you and I thank you for being one of those women that we can look to and go this is what it looks like to love the Lord and to be faithful in the daily and let God open up every door available and we're just so thankful and honored to have you with us today Yes, I I just want to echo that. Look what happens when you say yes. When Mm -hmm. I look at your life, Belinda, and I look at your work and the way that so many women and men are going to know their true value and their place in the world because you said yes. It just is astounding to think of the thousands, if not millions of people who are going to know who they are and their value. I just, it just, I'm in awe. So I want to hone in on specifically the movement that you co-founded with Mm -hmm. Lisa Sharon Harper on Silence is Not Spiritual. And the reason that it was a blessing to me in my own situation of speaking truth to power in a faith context, um, I lost more than I ever thought I would. Um, And a few years later, I had discovered your movement and it was, it brought tears to my eyes as I signed um, signed up online to be to add my name to you know thousands upon thousands of signatories by women all across the uh, the board spiritually. You have people left, right, and center, and you were able to unite them on this issue. And yeah. I think that's very rare in these polarizing times to see somebody who is passionate about uniting. Uh, the left, the right, the center to see like, no, there is something greater that is affecting our sisters and we must not sit in silence. Quite literally, we must act. And one of the things I want to read um, to you listeners is specifically one of the declaration, their statement. And it says this, this moment in history is ours to steward. We are calling churches, particularly those in our stream of the Christian faith, evangelical churches, to end the silence and stop all participation in violence against women. We call our pastors, our elders, and our parishioners who have been silent to speak up and stand up for all who experience abuse. There is no institution, listen y'all, there is no institution with greater capacity to create protected spaces for healing and restoration for survivors, as well as confession, repentance and rehabilitation for perpetrators girl your passion to uplift everyone into wholeness and health is really what caught me it's not something you see every day and it has given me compassion um for those who've harmed women and to know that they're 
a broken child of God and that everyone deserves justice, everyone. The least of these, the oppressed, the oppressor, everyone um, is in need of redemption and renewal. And that is why the words equality are so holy, right? Yes. Right. Yes. It is, it is, our, our brokenness is mutual and our access to redemption is mutual. Mm. We got to, we got to So how did that, that. that, how did that start? Yes, we must partner. (laughs) How did that start? Where did this come from? It's so funny when I start, when I think about this story, so um, our good friend, I know all three of us are adore the right Reverend Lisa Sharon Harper, was on a, uh, a ironically enough, a silent retreat <laughs> out in, mm. I believe, the desert. And um, it was in 2018, and we were coming to a boiling point Um of just similar to what we're living through right now uh of of just yeah. uh the the onion being peeled back and oh my god there's another layer oh my god there's another layer and here's another one mm. and it's not just the church but it's organizational it's oh it's not just organizations it's academic institutions oh my gosh it's not just academic institutions it's the system and it was that uh that point that i hit that i that I found myself, I'm, I'm no lie, about 12 hours into a depth of lament over over the violence that I was seeing, like peel back for my sisters in the church, with mm. literally zero opportunity for them to actually voice it. Now, to that point, I had been. Uh, up to that point in 2018, I had been working in international conflict zones and focusing specifically on uh, catalyzing voice for women uh, through narrative trauma therapy as well as through um, what was called at the time village peace committees where women were Hmm. able to have a safe space within the church, within uh, faith-based organizations to actually give voice to their stories and not only the story that comes out at the beginning but the ongoing story that develops after that and still be believed mm. that the story could change and they could still be believed by those around them then they were given a seat at the they were called to and taking a seat at the peacemaking table to help counteract the actions that were creating violence for other women in their communities. So the goal was twofold, give voice to the story, work through what the process of what their story is, and then come to the table with that story and what you are teaching us so that our communities don't ever have to come back here again. We're going to transform this mm. conflict, not just manage it. And it was, um, it was that was in the Democratic Republic of the Congo that we were doing that work with um, fantastic organization called World Relief. Then we moved into um, 
the Bekaa Valley in, in Lebanon working with Syrian refugees. So that was my world at the time. And it was mm. um, my very dear, very vocal, very uh, loving and loud sisters of color <laughs> that surrounded me and looked at me um, like Kathy Kong, Sandra Van Opstel, even Lisa, the right Reverend Lisa, and said, we see yeah. how much you love women there. You got a problem in your backyard. Mm. What are we going to do? Right? And it was that, just that very, that very, they were so kind in working with me to, 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 expand my view right to expand my ability to hold the pain uh in number of places and and sometimes the pain in your own backyard tiffany right is the big mm. pain and we avoid it at yeah. all costs yeah. right so yeah. the uh this i go into a season of lament right i go into i'm and i feel myself slipping the, the hope was there really wasn't much hope I couldn't see it I couldn't feel it I couldn't see unified bodies of women advocating for one another I saw pastors fleeing into well-meaning pastors fleeing into corners going oh god please don't let there be this in the back backyard please don't let this be happening on my watch please mm. don't please don't if it is I don't want to know and they weren't doing that out of animosity they weren't doing it out of they were doing it because they were as much caught in the awful system as we were right wow. and you, you address wow. that so beautifully tiffany right so here's the, all i did was like my lamenting voice reached out called out literally calling the cell phone of my sister lisa sharon harper's on silent retreat like it's isn't it like illegal to answer your cell phone <laughs> like don't people yeah, like so. there's got to be like a camera don't they or confiscate like a, that at the beginning or something really seriously yeah. like those mothers that you know lock up their kids cell phones at dinner time you know put them in yeah. like the safe of safes and put it on a timer mm -hmm. <laughs> she answered her phone right she answered and she whispered she's like hey what's up <laughs> I'm like, why are you whispering? <laughs> and I realized the irony of everything that was about to happen. <clears throat> so this was her response to me. She said, Belinda, I'm in. I'm 100% mm, in. Wow. But this is never, on the evangelical front, this has never been done before. And unless this table is as big and as open and as embracing as it can possibly be this won't happen and I can't be a part of it right and and I I we all know her and and the voices that came to the table over the next eight days stunned us so we mm. said we think a statement right because you can break silence two ways you can break it with noise and noise will break the silence but it isn't it isn't going to change much it's going to it's going to cause everybody to look up from their dinner 
and wonder what all that noise is. Maybe get a little irritated, maybe pay a little bit of more attention than they would have, but they're going to eventually go back to their dinner and forget about the noise that they just heard. Or right. you can break silence with your voice, with mm-hmm. your yeah. understanding, with your affections. In other words, we chose to break silence with mutuality by choosing to see everybody that was affected by this issue. And so for eight days, we worked on a statement, the statement that you read part of, Tiffany, thank you. And it was wild and there you know, talk about no sleep there was very little sleep and at one point I remember um, I don't think she'd mind me outing her because she's doing a series on on the patriarchy right now for <laughs> silence for the for the uh, in, um, Freedom Road Institute on and the silence is not spiritual partnership right so Mimi Haddad who is the executive director of the uh, Christians for Biblical Equality she at one point we're we're rounding the corner the the um, the statements almost done and she starts to put stuff in all caps in there and she's (laughs) right like like I love stuff, those people, by the way. Stuff is just coming out of her heart, right? And we're like, Mimi, we're going to screenshot this. We're going to keep all of it. We're going to put it into a file, but we we can't use all caps. <laughs> She's like, watch me. She's watch like, me. I don't watch understand. Her. It's happening, guys. Right. <laughs> She's like, did you not hear me the first time? Like, I love it. I love it. It reminds me of those signs. It's just like, I can't believe we're still protesting this stuff, right? So... Yeah, right. <laughs> it came out, but by the end of that eight, those eight days, um, we had all reached out to our 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 tables, right? Those of us that had been sitting at our tables in our own in our own places of influence and not sitting at the same table together, right? Yeah. And so that's yeah. where we came. And so when you put someone like when you put um, uh, um, Lisa Sharon Harper and Beth Moore and um, and right. yourselves and myself and and uh, you know doctors and uh, we had uh, Joanne Lyon who was the first uh, woman general secretary for the Wesleyan Church. I mean, people came out and said, "Oh my gosh, yeah, big table, of yeah. course." And that's where we landed. That's how it became. 7,000 people later, um, we are relaunching mm-hmm. this month, knowing that um, people like yourself, Tiffany, and you, Ashley, uh, women with voice and experience and understanding and platform, um, have the conversation now. And we are um, ready to support you in whatever way this all goes 
Man, it's so beautiful, Melinda, because I appreciate what I appreciate is the wide tent, you know, more than anything that you've shared. Of course, I want space for women to share their stories. Of course, I want to see restorative justice and sitting down and figuring out how can we break the system and create a new one or, or tweak it where it needs to be tweaked. But I mostly just love that, you know, this through line of story of the experiences that have happened to women, no matter where you are on the political map, no matter what your faith is, no matter right. what, you right. know, how you do your daily life, no matter anything else, we can all come together and say this is an issue and I love the tagline silence is not spiritual and action is not optional and so I think that that is even more powerful because not only are you breaking the silence but you're also saying hey we want to spur you to action in your daily life and this is what it could look like and that I appreciate as well because I think many women feel so trapped and you know we had the me too movement in some ways it's still happening we had church too silence is not spiritual and that did move the needle on so many things. And at least it can empower women to see, oh, I'm not the only one, you know? And I think of women who have the least amount of power or the least amount of opportunity. You know, it's not just women in boardrooms, but it's women who work in, you know, regular jobs, minimum wage jobs, where they are would be considered low man on the, on the pole, if you will, or lowest in, in the hierarchy of that organization who are going through these difficult things. And I think what Silence Is Not Spiritual did is not only, you know, awaken women to the, the fact that this happens across the board, but also give them opportunities to share, opportunities to change, opportunities to choose differently. Um, and that my friend Harmony Grillo talks about the myth mm. of choice, which we all know as women, you know, yeah. you, you can often outside looking in at a situation and say, oh my gosh, well, why didn't she just speak? Why didn't she just do this? You know, she hmm. seems like she had the most power. Why didn't she just say X, Y, or Z? And I, I feel like what Pray Tell the book does and what you do through this movement, Belinda, with Lisa Sharon Harper is, is tell women, you know, like, hey, this is a big deal that this happened and here's some steps out and this is what you can do and this is how we're going to rally around you and um, doesn't matter where you've come from or what you're going through you're welcome here and I think that that is so powerful because women need more spaces like that and catalyzing a movement makes people listen so women already know all these things so that's the other part I appreciate is like yes I you we already know because we've lived this we go through this these things happen everywhere we go and so I think it really was an opportunity for the church to start listening and for people in other sectors of society to start listening men specifically to listen like this is what is really happening in your backyard can you pay attention to this can you not turn a blind eye can you do something about it and so what do you think Belinda is that line between creating you know a safe space for people to speak because that's one thing and then also, how do we hold people accountable? Because that's another. It's like we actually, to see change, people need to be held accountable. And women need access and opportunity to walk away from these situations. You yeah. know, Tiffany, I think about you, right? Like you you oh. literally lost everything. Yes. You kept so many of your relationships because that's who you are. But, you know, you lost so much by walking away. Um, what do we do? How do we create safe space? But then how do we hold people accountable, Belinda? Like what does that look like? <laughs> um. I think that we're, I think we're experiencing three undeniable truths right now, and and this is certainly um, one of the foundational principles that silence is not spiritual took when we were writing this statement was that our foremothers were giving voice to this the whole time, and we were not listening to them, right? And much like what you experienced, Tiffany, there have there has been a pound of flesh paid for generations in the church 
by our foremothers. So the women that helped write the actual statement were all women who had, I mean, when you look at who signed the statement, we all had the option to actually hashtag me too or church too if either one of those hashtags were applicable to us or we could opt out our voice is our voice I'm still like even now choke up when I look at that list and and see the the 60 70 80 year old women who hashtag both Mm. and these truths that we live in are super fundamental to the church to our organizations and our institutions and our governments that say that they care about equality as a as a virtue as something as this concept that we're meant to rise to and the first truth is violence against her is violence against god or so violence, right? Yes. Violence against the second truth. Violence against her is violence against us, right? Yeah, come on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the third truth is, therefore, now saying those two things are awesome, and you can put them on T-shirts and you can write them in statements. But unless you say this next thing, there is no action, right? So silence against her is silence against God, silence against her is silence against us. Therefore, silence becomes violence. And it's that Mm. point, Ashley, that's the point. That That is the Kairos moment. That is where Tiffany's book has been birthed into. We are at that door. We are standing at the door of deciding whether or not the church's silence or silencing really is violence. And then are we going to go through it? So here we stand. Right. This is how we'll know whether or not we walked through. This is our indicator. Like a program, a statement, a book, we all know this means nothing unless we're actually like able to point to something that says, wow, we set that as an as something that would indicate there's uh, women are more safe, marginalized right, folk exactly. are more safe, right? This right. is it. When we, the church, become the safest place for an abused woman to go, and pastors and elders become the safest people she can talk to. Mm. When, when becoming a protected space where survivors can speak as they choose, when they choose, in the way that they choose, be heard and believed, then we know we walked through the door and we are no longer marring the gospel message of Jesus with our violence that is silence. Mm. Oh, so powerful. That same blessing, that same blessing uh, that women would experience will be roll like a river into the blessing of 
having answers for addressing perpetrators, having address addressing systems, and not having to do it in the dark behind closed doors, but actually so people can see the health of how we're dealing with it. Right. Oh. Yeah, there's transparency there, right? right? There's there's such a need for that. One of the things I love that you really hit on here is the one-two punch of abusive power and specifically sexual violence. It's, you know, the first initial trauma that a woman goes through when she's been violated of her time, of her body, of her resources, of her platform, whatever the case may be. And then that second punch where she's uh, shamed by her faith community. Right. And, it, and, and that second one hurts significantly more, women are saying, because the very people they thought would be there to bandage up their wounds are the ones pouring salt in them and are the ones not looking to cleanse them but looking to exploit their their wounds and paint them as the Jezebel or the one who deserved it or 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 yeah. you know the myriad of things that we hear about women and so i love that you paint this yes th this is happening but here's what the church's call is we can't be that second punch that just takes her out we have to be the ones that lift her up mm -hmm. it's just just mm. so beautiful the way you mm. shared that mm. so that second that second punch right you know so many times like i began well-meaning people they don't they don't even they don't realize they're doing it with questions exactly. with exactly. questions like oh my gosh what happened to you and what do you want to do about it just those two questions alone can be that second punch and they don't sound like mm -hmm. violence right it sounds like right. you're giving like you're giving voice to it but we're doing it out of out of an an, an ignorance right out of an ignorance right. of how of how silence is actually broken well as opposed to the noise that we're about to create all over this woman right all around this woman all in this woman who's going to feel it like a second punch there's a way to do it right it makes me think of when someone passes away and you're in the midst of grief and loss and someone just says something crazy and they don't know it's mm -hmm. crazy they think it's comforting you know they're like mm -hmm. well she's in a better place now or god must have needed another angel in heaven or you know all the different things that people say and i feel like this is very very true and we talked about the church a lot here too but i also feel like this happens in homes you know children who are being abused and they try to yeah. talk about it and try to tell people and they're shut down or they're silenced because of it um, because people can't handle it or they don't want to listen or whatever the cases are but those are the very people you should be able to go to and when you can't what do you do so I feel like all of that childhood stuff also trains people to be okay with this in the workplace or be okay with this in the church or be okay with this other places because you know so many people have been exploited at a very young age you know we know the statistics are already a quarter of women but that's just reported cases and almost every woman I know never reported anything that happened to her and so when I think about it that way I'm like gosh we are creating this society from childhood that enables abuse and exploitation and um, I have hope because of the way that we're speaking and the yeah. way that women are talking about things that we haven't done this in this way before. Um, and so I, I have hope for sure, but it can also feel like a real daunting task to ask people to break the silence on their own pain and yeah. then to um, begin to speak honestly and openly about what's happened to them in the workplace and in their faith communities and in their neighborhoods and in the places where they dwell. I mean, it's it, this is really tough. Like women, this solidarity that we need in order to break that silence of shame is really important. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you've heard me say this before, both of you, but I believe that this is the most dangerous issue of our time affecting women. And obviously, Belinda, you've, you've given your life to see women in conflict zones treated with respect and dignity and peacemaking. I mean, you get it. You get it on a global scale. And it's one of these things that I'm like, we don't get the opportunity to not get this anymore. We don't get as individual churches, as denominations, as faith spaces. And I love, Ashley, that you talked on how family of origin can really have a formative effect on how we speak up. And, you know, in the book, I talk about as early as 18 months, um, daughters, sons will make excuses for their parents um, for how they've harmed them. Mm. So we have to be able to have some education, which it, mm. Belinda, you're an excellent educator. And, and I think silence, not spiritual. One of the things that I most love about the website and the, and the movement yeah. is that you really are providing resources. This isn't lip service. This is boots right. on the ground. Here's how we do this. And I think that this is just like we would encourage emotional health, just like we would encourage um, discipleship. This has to be a piece of it. This has to be a piece of understanding abuse. And what what does a compassionate ally look like? Just as you said, because we say these, and I'm so guilty. I just want to raise my hand. I'm so guilty of harming sentences or questioning that really uh, re-trigger trauma and they're judgmental. And of course, I meant well, but my intent did not match my affect. And so being able to step back and say, okay, I can't call this in anymore. I can't hope that somebody else would be able to have the words to say or that maybe they should just go tell a pastor or an elder or mm-hmm. we've all <laughs> got to see that this is all of us now. Right. This, that you can't call this in. Um, this is an ethical dilemma that we are all in the hot seat um, because sooner or later, and I think especially as women, dare I say, I think um, for so many of us, it, women who've gone through this, we're likely to tell a girlfriend before we would tell an elder or a pastor. And so that first line of defense of just other women, um, knowing that this is a reality, and even if it's dissonant news to think that someone you respected and and uh, applauded at a distance who was generous or benevolent or kind could could commit harm against someone you a girlfriend of yours or someone you care for. So I think that there's just this, and and especially with everything in the recent news with um, faith leaders. I mean, I could say that a year ago, two years ago, three years totally. ago, or to say in recent yeah. news. Yeah. Um, but it just, just the the urgency that we come with this, and the urgency when we say silence is not spiritual. I think, um, I think you embody that, and I think that it's something that we just cannot pass the buck. We just can't. No. So the the linking of arms, um, of generations, uh, the old stories of of church too and me too and the current stories linking arms will change the future hashtags that our daughters and our sons Mm. and our Mm. you know i i am with you on the education front um there when a uh when a woman trusts the institutions and the organizations that she has allowed into her home to be safe places for her own to hold her own story the the power is undeniable and how to and redemption rolls forward and it rolls back so mm. i know i'm getting all existential on this front but for me when i th- when I think about the voice 
that is being given to this moment including and including the strength of your voice tiffany is there we are we are uh speaking into what has been and what will be it is an intercessory act right now for for yeah. us that's what honestly i remember having this conversation with lisa and saying because i just come out of intercession and it felt like it felt a little like childbirth in a way where you put a hand on the pain and you put a hand on God and it burns on both sides right and and the justice mm. that God wants to bring and the pain that the embodied uh, church feels hurt on both sides and so placing yourself in between those two with your own story is costly that's why that's why it's easier to hold silence it just is mm -hmm. even if you believe it because you intuitively as a woman you intuitively as a pastor you intuitively as a mother go whoa that is going that's going to be a drain <laughs> that is going to drain me yeah mm. yeah yep. if if we don't and you know the drain, Tiffany, the drain is all fronts. It's a drain on relationships, emotions, money, opportunity. Yes. All those things that we call power. All those things yep. that we, yep. we call dignity. It shifts. So throwing yourself into it. Um, I love, I, I loved a post that, um, the Reverend Sandra Van Opsel posted, oh gosh, was it about a year and a half ago? She said, to be woke is to know, right? To, to, to have knowledge, right? To have solidarity is to be empathetic. But to be mutual means you engage in action, right? For mutuality, for this place where we as the church like to say oh we see those that aren't seen we hear those that aren't heard yeah that's a place of mutuality we we have a long way to go because that is defined by action and even making a statement yeah. is good but it isn't enough right you address that it's that's not that's correct enough. yes it's time yeah. to fix the systems it's time to fix Yes. And I, I'm really proud of so many women, you know, like Tiffany and other and others. Um, I myself have mm -hmm. had to do this when you are courageous enough to walk away. I find that God makes mm -hmm. a path in the wilderness, just like he Come says on. in scripture. That's you know, right. those prophetic utterances that we have in the major and minor prophets are so helpful in those times because it does feel like a desert. It feels so unfamiliar, but God makes a way. And so for those of you listening who are thinking to yourselves, I don't, I didn't even know this existed or yes, of course I know these things. I don't know what to do. You know, you can be a way maker. You are the one who can make a way. 
in the desert to create safe space for a woman who might talk to you, who might need your help, who might need you to listen for a young woman or a young girl who's in school right now dealing with some difficult things or a woman like Belinda hinted at earlier who might be your own grandmother, who might be someone that you're connected to that's never shared her story. And I think that we can create safe space and we can encourage people to walk in the wilderness and trust that God will hold them, that God will carry them. And we can be the people who are their, their wraparound services, their support system as they choose to walk away. And I encourage you guys to get a copy of Pray Tell. You do not want to miss this. Pre-order this book and Mm -hmm. get it in your hands because it is an educational tool that will bless you. And I think the same thing about Belinda's book, you know, get her book, get her resources so that you can learn, so that you can grow, so that you can be more understanding about what women are facing, what they're going through and how you can show up in the world to support them and how you can be courageous enough to share your own story. And Belinda, it is such a joy and such an honor to have you with us. We could sit and talk to you for hours and just sit at your feet and listen because you have so much wisdom and so much courage um, to impart to us. And we just thank you for being with us this week. Let's oh, sit, truly. Let's sit together. It's. I want to and yeah. sit together at the same table. I, Yeah, you guys are inspiring to me. Thank you. Mm, Belinda, you're the kind of gal when I when I've talked to you or just even receive an email from you, mm. I have a fire in my bones. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is what it, this is what they were talking about yeah. in the early church. Oh. This is what they were talking about to be with somebody so full of the spirit, yeah, so full of the spirit. And why the listeners, we are so honored to introduce you to this all star, to the to this goat, truly greatest of all time, <laughs> to this incredible oh, woman. She's changed our oh, lives. She's gonna change yours. Hello. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so go to silence is not spiritual my friends and there are survivor resources there are ally resources there are downloadables there's even a sample church that your listeners if they're like hey i have zero idea what my church even thinks about breaking silence there is a sample letter that they could just send to their eldership or their pastors or or anyone that holds power to just start asking the non-threatening question and just keep asking it just keep asking it that's stay in the game yep awesome well listeners we will see you next week it is such a joy to be with you and we'll have all those links in the show notes until then bye-bye bye-bye bye Hey listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.